T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. How do you do? I am Dan Day. You can follow me online eating Minez sandwiches and Aaron Cheney at Twitter. Just handle at Dan Day Radio. We're going to be following the Joe Rose Show in just a few minutes as they talk to special teams guru Mike Westhoff. He's got some stories about Don Shula that you definitely do not want to miss. The Dan Lebertard Show, giving us a Tua's number one. And then the Hawk and Crowder Show, Tua is the one. Right now, let's get into the one and only headlines. And then in a couple of minutes, the day spa. Ah, it's a little short ah, for you. Just kind of whet your appetite. Here's the headlines. Tua Tangabaloa will become the first Dolphins quarterback to wear number one. He wore number 13 in college, but that number is retired in honor of Dan Marino. If the NBA allows it, the Heat are eyeing Monday as the start of player workouts at American Airlines Arena. Sources say the NFL is discussing a shortened 14-game season in wake of the coronavirus pandemic. Earlier today, Inter-Miami CF players returned to their training facilities for individual workouts. No restart date for the MLS has been given. The German Bundesliga plans to become the first European league to restart in wake of coronavirus. May 15th and 22nd are being the considered dates. Kane's defensive coordinator Blake Baker believes the team's D-line could be the best in the country. ESPN's Mel Kuyper agrees, saying that the used defense is extremely talented. The Panthers have come to terms with 2018 draft pick Gregory Denisenko. The forward played last season in Russia. With all that being said, it is now time to take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a grave digger in New Jersey was trapped in a grave for an hour yesterday when it collapsed on him. Finally, someone that has bigger things to worry about besides coronavirus. A Hernando, Florida motorist accidentally threw their car in reverse and rolled over two parked cars. Two words, Florida drivers. A studio apartment sporting a toilet in the kitchen is for sale in Australia. Wow, what luxury and convenience. A dog in Wisconsin has learned to lay on the horn when its owner leaves him in the truck too long while running errands. Next up, he'll flash the headlights when he's hungry and set off the alarm when he needs beer. Craft breweries in France will soon dump 10 million liters of expired beer down the drain due to lack of consumption during coronavirus. No! Now on to weather. Tonight's forecast clear 
with temperatures in the mid-70s. We continue to celebrate the life of the late, great Don Shula. And nobody does it better than the Joe Rose Show. Joe Rose not only played for the great Don, but also has plenty of friends that he played with while Don was coaching. So, earlier today, he met up with a guy who coached with Don Shula and has, of course, some great stories. Mike Westoff, talking about Shula's special teams, uh, something that maybe gets overshadowed sometimes, his longevity, and Shula, he really did have a big heart. Special teams guru in the NFL for a very long time, including with most recently with the Saints and obviously with the Jets, but was here with the Dolphins for forever. Mike Westoff going to join us for a couple of minutes. Mike, good morning. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, good morning, guys. Thank you. I'm happy to do it. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Mike, thanks for coming on. We we do appreciate it. And uh, you spend a lot of time with, with uh, Coach Shula. And I, I saw some of your stuff yesterday talking about the one thing that really impressed you about Coach Shula. He really embraced special teams, and he understood how important it was, and he, he really let you do your thing. Just talk about that a little bit, Mike. Yeah, he certainly did. You know, there was, there was not one inch of football that he didn't know. I mean, he really did. They're just to, to think of great coaches in, in NFL history, but how many of them could coach every position? Not very many. And lost, you know, Coach Shula could. He could do that. And so also, you know, until I got there, uh, for the most part, he pretty much coached special teams almost himself for a long time, you know, and it wasn't quite as intricate and developed as it was, but he always had something. He just, he got into it, you know, like everything else, and he, he could see an advantage if you could gain one in some area, and so he was great to me. Now, it takes a while, as you know, you didn't get much for free with with a, with, with Coach Shula. I mean, you had to earn it. You know that. I mean, you, you had to make sure every day that, that you had your A game going with him. So it takes a little while. But once I gained that and I gained that confidence with him, then he would let me do pretty much everything. Although there are some parts that, that he really wanted to be very involved in. And he'd come into my office and we'd go through those things and intricately discuss them and design them. And I used to battle with them. You know, I'd fight for something I had. And you know how hard that is. It's not easy to win going against him. Now he's tough. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, I'm glad you said that because I always think of, of all the special teams coaches talking about putting a roster together and a special teams coach up and says, man, I'd really like to get these two guys and make a big difference. And you got coordinators screaming and the head coach feeling the way. How was he with that down to those final cuts when you were fighting for a special teams guy you really wanted, Mike? He was actually pretty good. He really was. It really wasn't bad at all. Now, you'd have to plead your case. You know, I had to make sure I had a strong case. And really, and back in those times, it wasn't as involved as it was. I, I really wish that in some ways I could have coached with them at a little bit, say like eight or ten years later in my career when, when I was I was so much more advanced as a coach. You know, I would have loved to have been able to throw those arguments out at him. I didn't have them back then. He, he was pretty good about it. You know, he really wanted to – we would go through things that sometimes he was tough because he had a roster, but I always had to have – you know, I, I would make out a depth chart, and I always had to have in every position listed a two deep and then a guy in parentheses. You know, and I used to say, Coach, you know, parentheses, this guy, so I want him in that parentheses. And, you know, I used to see him, you know, my, my six-year-old son is better than that guy in the parentheses. You want me to put him in the parentheses. <laughs> well, it's an easy with him sometimes. But, but, you know, he was such a disciplinary, and he always would say, okay, well, what would happen if? And you better have an answer. The thing right. was that his mind never stopped it never stopped he always grew you know and he was never afraid to change 
as you guys know, I mean, come on, he took he took a lot of a lot of you guys from different parts and put together uh, an incredible machine. It's just was something that he did exceptionally well. I'm guessing we're never going to see this again uh, in, the, in the history of the NFL. Maybe not, where a coach stays with a team for so long. Uh, we, we see stints now with coaches four or five years, six years, seven years, and that's we're saying at that point, wow, he's been with that team a long time. But Shula being with the Dolphins as long as he was, and even you being with the Dolphins as long as you were in the, in the late 80s up to almost 2000 or up to the 2000 season, we're just not going to see that again, right? The longevity of a head coach or even a special teams coach with one specific team? No, you really don't. You don't see it too much. You don't. You know, with a head coach, of course, you've got, you know, Bill Belichick that's been with New England for such a long time and has done a great job there. Um, but with, with Don, you know, he, he did so many things so well. In a lot of ways, you know, you, you could you could really say, and believe me, I'm, I'm pretty well aware of it because my office was kind of right around the corner from his, and I could hear so much that went on with him all the time. You know, metaphorically, in the National Football League, he was the head coach, the director of officials, the general manager, and the commissioner. <laughs> you say what you want, and you know you can make that argument. He ran them all. He did it all. He could handle. He just was so involved, and he, he was such a student of the game, and he never stopped. And he and that's the thing with me. I'm very proud that, that I didn't. You know, I was 32 years in the NFL, and really, I, I was with two teams. You know, I was with the Dolphins and the Jets. And I, then I, I went back and, my, and after I was you know, working with the media and worked with the Saints for a few years, I enjoyed that. And I think there's a lot to be said with that. Coach Shula had, had an interesting, and I, I kept this as a mantra kind of in, in my whole career. Actually, I'm writing a book, and I'm, I'm going to put this part in there. He was a big believer, and let's find a way to solve the problem rather than affix the blame. Mm. He's going to solve the problem. You know, we get a lot of coaches today, they're just going to fix the blame. They're going to fire this guy and fire that guy and fire that guy. And, I mean, I worked for a guy at one time who was a good man, a good man. But he, he fired two or three guys every year. And I know why he did it. He didn't fool me. You know, he was, he was pointing <laughs> at That was Coach Shula. That, that was him. I'm going to solve the problem. And he'd right. figure it out. And, and that's what he did so exceptionally well, in my opinion. Hey, Mike, uh, I don't know how you feel about the, the next part, but but your story when you were here, uh, when you were misdiagnosed and what you went through, I, I don't know if you talk about it publicly or not. It, it's a pretty amazing story. Uh, Zach and I were talking about it early this morning. And I said, you know, I, I don't know if Mike talk about it or not, but you've been through so much overcoming that. Can you just talk about going through that without – legal trouble or getting in uh, any kind of problem? I won't go into any part of it where I would mention names, et cetera. I wouldn't do that. But, yeah, it, was, you know, it wasn't easy. I was originally thought that uh, it was the, the problem in my leg was stemming because it, it mirrored and mimicked a sciatic nerve problem, which anyone that's had back problems, would, that, that, that would mimic. And, that, and at, 40, at 40 years old, that was certainly much more of a thought that, you know, well, this is stemming from your back. And, and it, it was not. And it should have been it should have been tested in a particular way, and it was not. And rather than have a back problem, I had a malignant bone tumor in the middle of my femur that caused an incredible number of surgeries and chemotherapy and treatment and all that to fight through it, which I was able to do. So, yeah, it was mishandled. I'm not going to forgive that because I think that was a mistake. But, uh, you know, there is an interesting part to that, and I, I am putting this in, in my book, actually. I'm going to write this. There was a, a, a scene, a story from a, a book that uh, Blanchard wrote about Coach Shula, and it talks about him coming to the hospital at night to visit me. Wow. wow. I didn't know that. That's it, really wow. cool. It, it was exceptionally emotional. 
uh, the way it happened. And, and when I was given this story, uh, actually, to tell you the truth, the person that gave it to me was Jim Mandich. He came in my office one day and he said, you know, I think you should, maybe he said, I said, I know you like quotes and anecdotes and stories in your meetings. He said, but here's one I'll bet you don't know. And I did not know it when he walked in there and handed me that, that that was written. And the thing about Dom was, is that, you know, I kind of thought he would, oh, how did I put it? I guess I kind of thought he might tuck me in. And you know the boss, that wasn't him. But he did, and he treated me in a fashion. But what he did, even though I was, you know, in the middle of all this disaster, he treated me the way he saw me becoming not the way I was, right. and he did that wow. always. And so even though I went through all that, and I went through chemotherapy, I didn't miss any work. I worked. I used to go out yeah, on the field really? and walk. I used to walk on the field and throw up in the grass. I did it every day. Mike, you don't have to worry about saying anything because I got all the legal trouble with that doctor. You didn't have to worry about it, Mike. I took that. I'm the, one that, I'm the one that got sued on that. Don't worry, Mike. You're fine. But that's another part, but that's another part of Coach Shula that sometimes people don't know. Yeah. People don't know wow. that. A lot of people don't realize that you went through that and that whole thing and were saved in the emergency room. And, hell, yeah, that yeah. was uh, well, just crazy. It's an, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting story. But he was there. You know, there were so many parts to him, and that was a part a lot of times you don't see. The part that we all know was, you know, how demanding he was, you know, and how, and how he stayed on top. You know, because I know when he used to come down that hall, I mean, I used to think to myself, oh, if he's coming down, you know, I wanted to get under the desk like George Costanza. Remember that, that show, you know, when he, George yeah. Costanza lived under the desk? That's what I used to want to do. And Paul was just coming down the hall. I used to think, please let me hide because he, he could be tough. But the thing about Don Shula that, that, that I think I might appreciate, his ability to change and how fair he was. Now, he could be tough. We all know that. But he was fair. He was a fair man in a lot of different ways. And that's what I think I'm so proud. And at the end, after I'd been with him for a while, I had a really unique relationship with him. It was really pretty cool. You know, I, I was telling someone, you know, I used to go places with him and do things. And, and he, he'd asked me a million questions, but it was never a question. Never. It was like, you know, Mike, uh, what, what do you think? Uh, we, we're we're going to get a car. You know, he's like, Mike, get a car and put your ass there. Pick me up, you know. That wasn't it. And so it was, it was unique. It was a unique situation. And um, I'm so proud that I earned a level of respect with him. And I, I got that. I, I was able to receive that award this year that from the Professional Football Writers Association, that lifetime achievement. And they haven't given out very many in the, in the whole history of the NFL. I think there's only like 10 or 12 of us that have gotten it. I got one, and it's like kind of the who's who of assistant coaches. And I'm the only one that ever worked for the boss that got that. I'm extremely proud of that. Hey, Mike, real quickly before we, we run out of time, what do you think of the uh, Miami Dolphins' first pick and uh, getting to a so I think they had to do it. I think it's one of those things you got to do. You got to take the guy. You can't walk past them. I mean, I know there's the health things and there's there's all that, but if if you don't do it, and this kid does what he can maybe do, whoa, you don't look too good. So you got to take no. that chance. I think it's a smart chance. They came on. They went from being look like a horrible football team to all of a sudden, you know, playing some pretty good football, and then they picked up some good guys. I think they're going to make it interesting. I think they're going to be a very interesting football team. It'll be fun to watch and see how they develop, but you got to take that kid, Joe. You got to take him, give him a chance. Yeah, they felt the same way. I, I know most of South Florida was excited that we uh, we ended up taking him. Hey, Mike, thank you, man. Always great having you. Doing a lot of fishing on the West Coast. You doing a little fishing out there? I or no, get out, I get to get out once in a while. Yeah, I try to go. Matter of fact, I'm going today. Uh, I right. you know, it's pretty. I, <laughs> by myself, it's quiet. I get to go. It's safe. 
Uh, and another thing, I don't know, uh, all of this kind of quietness, believe me, has affected the environment. I know it has. I've never, I've never caught in my life anything like what I do now. It's ridiculous. Wow. They're everywhere. I, I'm having a ball. Now, you know, I don't kill anything. <laughs> I just catch them, but I'm catching everything. I'm having a ball. That's Mike, awesome. that's the way it should be, man. Right, hey, you right. take care of yourself, Mike. Always great talking to you, man. Thank you. All right, and thanks for doing what you're doing. I know, and I appreciate everything you've done. You guys do a great job. I, I, I love when I come over. I get to listen to you. Making the most of the coronavirus lockdown. That is special teams guru Mike Westoff all week long. I guarantee the Joe Rose Show going to give you great coverage and celebration of. Don Shula's life. If you want to hear that again, you want to hear this show again, or any of the shows on this radio station again, download the podcast WQAM.com for free, the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of it, once again, absolutely free. You also heard them talking about Tua number one, Dan Levitard. He and his team kind of echo those sentiments. So I went and I started reworking some of the stuff in the Miami Dolphins fight song. And if you'd allow me to, I'd like to sing you the revised Miami Dolphins fight song that I did. You want to hear it? Tua's number one and a revised Miami Dolphins fight song? Ooh, just five minutes away here on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and happy birthday to Foo Fighters guitarist Chris Shiflet today he is 49 let's hear some of his handiwork can never miss the food buyers when they come to town especially after this lockdown i think there's a lot of bands you don't want to miss when they come to town you just want to get out and ah, rock out other famous chris's celebrating a birthday today chris paul just 35 i thought he was older than that all day long on NBA TV, they have been showing some of Chris Paul's greatest playoff games, including the ones he did with the New Orleans Hornets, not Pelicans. No, no, no. He played for New Orleans back when they were the Hornets. So reliving some of those moments has been pretty fun. So future Hall of Famer, Chris Paul, 35. Chris Shiplett, he's a future Hall of Famer for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the Foo Fighters, 49 years old. Chris is wild now dan's are wild too here on 560 joe you can of course hear the best of the joe show which you're listening to right now from six to seven monday through friday then from 10 to 1 weekdays it's dan levitard earlier he and his guys got together talking about tua number one also the dolphins fight song remixed you got to listen for this coca-cola they're on a run and boog shambi talking korean baseball Tua picked a number. Do we have how many guys have played that position and picked that number in the history of the sport? It's going to be uh, odd. Like you got to have a certain confidence to come into the league uh, and decide that that's going to be your number. No, I think Warren Moon was number one. Correct? Did it? Was was he Warren? Was he one throughout his career? He was number one throughout his career. Um, I, I'm terrible at uniform numbers. I really am. So, uh, Billy, you're you're excited that Tua has now picked number one. We don't have who was the last number one. Cam Newton was the last number one. Okay, that's the confidence level that you have to have entering the league to choose at that position number one. Go ahead, Billy. Well, Dan, I don't know if you heard, but Tua picked number one. And yesterday we were talking about how we're kind of waiting around to see what number Tua picked. And then, you know, news came out. He picked number one. So it got me to thinking, 
hey, you know what? I think this might fit with the Miami Dolphins fight song. So I went and I started reworking some of the stuff in the Miami Dolphins fight song. And if you'd allow me to, I'd like to sing you the revised Miami Dolphins fight song that I did. You want to hear it? Chris is very excited right now. He is shaking two fists vigorously. Let's hear the Miami fight song, one of the worst songs ever made, uh, not not just across sports in general, in the history of music. It's a terrible song. It was stolen from the Houston Oilers, uh, but it is a little bit catchy. I can't dispute that while being terrible, it is also something that will get stuck in your head. So, uh, uh, well, go ahead, Chris. Let's go. For those who don't know what the Miami Dolphins fight song is, you love to sing it vigorously. So you go first so that we can hear the changes and the evolutions that uh, producer Billy has made to them. Oh, Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Enough. Not uh, nobody else. Nobody jump in there. Let's just end that right there. And um, okay. And now, Billy, you go ahead and pick it up with your. Thank you, Chris, for all your efforts there. Uh, can Good you job. go ahead and pick it up with your changes, Billy? Yeah, I'm going to take it from the top. Sing along if you'd like, Dan. Ready? <clears throat> and remember, this is live. This isn't recorded, so maybe a little raw. Okay. Here we go. Thank you, Chris. Miami has Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we got Tonga Bailoa, Tonga Bailoa, Tonga Bailoa number one. Yes, Tua, Tonga Bailoa, Tonga Bailoa. Tonga number one. <laughs> it's been a hell of a run for Coca-Cola. Like just a non-stop devouring yeah. run across yeah. all of America, all the world, all of commerce. Just uh, just absolutely unstoppable. <laughs> Are there going to be any among those 15, do you think, uh, making a billion dollars that we're uh, not that familiar with? That's not possible, right? Like we're going we're gonna to have heard of all 15 of those? Uh, that's a great question. I have a feeling of the 15 there's probably one or two we haven't heard of that would that would be my guess all right well speaking of uh being involved with things you have not heard of i imagine that boog Shambi did not know a lot about korean baseball before korean baseball was all of a sudden uh playing and being broadcast by espn uh forgive my ignorance on this uh buddy but have you done a game yet or are you going to do a game later this week before i answer that question i i need to ask a question and because I know both of you so well and for so long, I'm, I'm going to address this to Stu Gatz. Are you guys at this point now where you ever consider that Dan, when he says lines, that if they had come out of Stu Gatz's mouth, it would have been a 15-minute segment? Like if Stu Gatz had just said, I'll tell you what, it's been a pretty good run for Coca-Cola. It would have been like, what are you talking? It's been a good run for Coca-Cola? Yeah, I, you know, since you address me uh he would not have answered that question would have tore me apart for wrecking the show right. for about 15 minutes and, and i would have felt miserable right. for 48 hours yeah. Yeah. Book, have you ever uh, Book, are you such let me ask you a question Book, have you ever come on here and answered a question like or do you always no, form God, your own no. question when oh. you come on 
Oh, I have not done a game yet, Dan. I am starting at uh, 5.30 in the morning on Friday. Set your DVRs, your uh, TiVos, if you will. So 5.30 mm-hmm. in the morning is when it, you're starting with like a production meeting or because of the time differences? That's no, that's game is it, because of the time difference. That's what time it's on live. So it's actually 5.25 a.m. is when we will uh, we will come on the air. So I wish I could grow a good beard because I was, I was on with Sedano the other day and I was saying it would be so great because we're on camera some it would be so great if like i came on with like a full beard to start the broadcast and then they put me on in the third and i just had a mustache and then when they put me on in the fifth i was clean shaven that was the thing that i said him that would be amazing but i don't have the type of if i had levitard's type of beard it would be magnificent but i don't have the type of beard that i think that even if you gave me the month head start for the beard i don't think anybody would notice if it went from beard to mustache to clean shaven have you had a degree of difficulty like this one before on anything you've ever broadcast yeah for sure i did the 2006 wbc from like a broom closet in bristol i did the far east i did china chinese taipei korea and japan and dan we were friends then thanks for remembering how hard is that it's really hard yeah it's hard i mean it's look it's this combo it's it i mean for look We'll have a we'll have fun with it, but the, the the combo of where it's challenging is look. This would legitimately be hard to actually call the game if it was the Phillies and the Mets, and you knew everybody just because watching it on TV, there are just things you can't tell right away. So you can't you know come out of your shoes on a fly ball. You're going to get it wrong a lot of the time, and you can't tell fair or foul, and sometimes you can't even tell directionally what exactly is happening. So that makes it challenging. And then when it's just on your monitor and the names and people don't come to you, you know, just kind of automatically, yeah, it's hard, man. I, I would still say that probably one of the hardest things I've ever done was I did South Korea and Japan on the radio in the WBC finals in 2009. And I believe that at a certain point I called South Korea, South Carolina in the middle of the broadcast. I think I did. Boop, Matt Williams is the highest paid manager in the KBO. Team off to a very slow start. I'm wondering, Matt Williams, hot seat? 0-2 hot seat. Got to be. Got to be hot seat. Yeah, I I don't think there's any question that that they're going to be feeling the heat. And by the way, Jay So, former New York Met, is his pitching coach, and his other coach is Hesop Choi. Oh, wow. A name from the past right there. He's a name I recognize. Uh, what are you worried about? Is there anything, uh, is there anything in particular that, uh, concerns you in terms of being able to do the kind of broadcast you're, you're able to usually do? I think the thing that's, look, I think the thing that's hard is this. I'm trying to, in, in all serious, it's, it's a, look, I want to have fun with it. I want to honor the names. Like, I don't want to hack the names up. I really don't. But I also, know that we're trying to introduce this to people so i want to have some fun with it so we definitely want to have some guests on and i you know i want to you know move in between having a good time with it and i'm not calling every pitch and you know in the third if it's four nothing i i would say we're going to start to move away from it a little bit so but with that i think that you know it's so easy working without a net when it's mlb and i just 
you know, I know what, you know, what the players look like and who's who just by rote. And in this instance, it's, it's a lot more challenging. So I, I want to have a good time with it. I don't want to take it. I'm not this, I'm not calling these games like they're the seventh game of the world series. I'm just not, but I want to teach people something about Korean baseball and have a good time. So I, it's, it's going to be a work in progress is what I would say. Who's your audience going to be at five 30 in the morning? Gamblers. Yeah. I don't, there's gamblers. And I, I, I wish I could tell you, I don't, I mean, I know people are starved for sports, but it, I wish, I wish I could say, I wish I could say uh, <laughs> gamblers, gamblers. That'll gamblers. work. I don't know. I don't gamble that much. I might think about if I were awake at 5.30 in the morning for whatever reasons. I'd get into a lot of weird stuff. Watching some Korean baseball announced by an American in front of no fans. Yeah. Nowadays, that doesn't sound all that crazy. Good stuff there from Lebetard. The Dolphins fight song redone. Tua, Coca-Cola, Boog Shambi. Korean baseball makes me want some Korean barbecue. Kind of makes me want any real food. Last night I had Minez sandwiches, peanut butter and honey sandwiches, and some cereal, dry cereal. It's all I really have in the house. Don't have a lot of groceries, so I'm very, very, very hungry. So tonight, what I'm going to do, I am going to drink some Funky Buddha. Those hard seltzers are oh so good. Maybe a couple of beers, and then get into some grits, because I haven't made grits in a while. Once again, very, very very hungry. If you are hungry for some Hawk and Crowder, they're on the way. Here's a little taste. 49ers have given their undrafted free agent quarterback, Brock Rudder, a $279 signing bonus. Hey, coach, keep it. That and some Tua talk five minutes away on the best of the Joe show. I play that because the other night, lead singer of Vampire Weekend, Ezra Koning, he performed a medley of hits on Jimmy Fallon. So trying to be as normal as possible, bringing a little music into your life, a little culture, talking about my Minez sandwiches and Aaron Cheney. Hawk Crowder, Solana did not know about Aaron Cheney, which is basically Papa Raino, Raina. Yeah, but it's an Italian version. Look it up. Aaron Cheney. Oh, so delicious with the peas in it and everything. I'm sure we'll get into it tomorrow. But right now, we'll get into some more Hawk and Crowder. What are they talking about? Two of the one. Also, Crowder kind of walks us through picking your number as a professional athlete. Signing bonuses, headlines, and then, uh uh-oh, there's a disconnect. Houston, we have a problem. I think before we went on the air here, we just abused Solana more than Coyote Peterson's forearm gets abused by a murder wasp. We'll get to that later. A little sparring session. Had a little sparring session before uh, before I stepped into the squared circle here. <laughs> but Solana doesn't throw punches. The funny thing is, like, <laughs> it's just before the show, he's just expecting a, hey, how's everyone doing? How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I Literally, I went from no small talk. I went from zero to 80 in a half a second. And it really was just a spar. I didn't even have anything. I didn't, I didn't even realize I had those in my arsenal. You all right, Solana? Just tell me when I need to do headlines. Oh, these are your uh, best days, though, Solana, now when you're mad. That's right. Two is going to wear number one. I love it. I like it, too. I, first of all, I, I didn't care as much as everyone else seemed to. That was the part that I, I, I mean, this was like uh, drama that was playing out for a while. It, when you switched, you were 55 in 
college, right? Yes. And then who was fifty five when you got here? Uh, Junior Seau. Okay, so you weren't gonna uh, you weren't gonna take his number. Needless nor to were say, you it wasn't a competition. It. <laughs> it was just what number do you want close? So to what happens? You you uh, you sign with the Dolphins, and they say you need to choose a number, um, but you can't have fifty five. Like how how does that uh, how does that transpire? Yeah, it was like it was that conversation where you come in. You don't like they. You first get in, you're just in uh, you know workouts and stuff. You don't even need a jersey. You're not doing football stuff. So yeah, I want to say Tony Egwis and Joe Semino, who were the equipment guys. I think Tony. He called me in his office was like, hey, you can go talk to Junior about 55 if you want to. I think you're wasting your time. <laughs> he's, like, just, he's like, 52 is available. It was like 52, 57. You know, he gave me four or five options. He was like, whatever you want to wear, but I, I'm telling you, you're not getting 55. I said, okay, and 52 is fine. Did, did you discuss it with your family? Did you discuss it with friends, former coaches, your agent? No, I made a decision right then. When he just told like, me, hey, give me fifty-two. Yeah. I said, yeah. What What do you have available? 50, 52, 55, You know, fifty-two, fifty-seven, fifty-eight. I said, I go with fifty-two. Okay, good. It, I'm pro. It was a. This was a fifteen-second conversation. This wasn't a deep, deep dive into life like Tua did. Right, because this seems like this is a very um, well thought out, and and they had the whole you know release of him wearing the jersey and whatnot. And I understand it. It's a different day when it comes to marketing and and whatnot. But um, so you didn't. There was no significance to fifty-two. No, not at all. And to be okay. honest, like the the thought was, and people asked me too when I when it first happened, like you know the first the first day of you know real practice, the reporter asked me, "Oh, why'd you go at 52?" And my whole thing was, I didn't want to just, I couldn't just tell him then. I'm you know I'm a little uh, a little, little more cocky when you're playing, so I tell him, you know, I told him, uh, you know, got, numbers don't make the play, the player makes the numbers. But really, Junior <laughs> was just way better than me. Not now as my 36 year old self, I can be honest. But yeah, it it just it didn't mean anything. Ray Lewis had it, you know, that made me feel a little better but yeah it didn't mean much one of the uh competitions we'll get to today we've been having uh solana uh based competitions we had ron washington versus andre agassi last week today it's ron washington versus steak bombs so we will uh figure out hey that comes from a texter yeah so two aware's number one for the miami dolphins and uh and that puts the that whole thing to rest i did see before we get to headlines with solana i did see something because you've talked about your signing bonus your signing bonus was how much 588 after taxes 500 so what was it before taxes seven low sevens 720 or something like that. 700 something thousand dollars you were a third round draft pick if you were a first round draft pick your signing bonus would have been I think uh, eight million. It the signing bonus? Yeah, that was big oh money. God. Oh yeah, my that, god, that was before like the the, the top first rounders. Yeah, bro, they're getting t- eight, ten, twelve million dollars as soon as their name hits the paper. Wow, I now I now I see some of your anger towards Mel Kiper. I don't think I ever made that connection. That is just the signing bonus we were talking about there. Yeah, Holy yeah. hell! This because remember this now they have that rookie scale where everybody makes right. in the mid twenties. This is back when Sam Bradford got seventy two million as the first pick and stuff like this is bro they were still breaking the bank back then that didn't happen I think Cam Newton was one of the first, you know, first guys to get that little rookie scale first round money. But no, this was big money back in the day. Oh my God, are you okay? Uh, now <laughs> I, we've been talking about my hate for Mel Kiper for five years. It really and just, just it hit out. me. Wow, that wow. Yeah. All right. Well, how about this? Now, Aronde Gadsden has told us because he was an undrafted free agent. He said his signing bonus, I think, was fifteen thousand or twelve thousand. Yeah. One of those. I mean, you know, after taxes, we had seven grand, eight grand. I saw this. I, th- I thought of you guys yesterday. Did you see this? The 49ers have given their undrafted free agent quarterback, Brock Rudder, a $279 signing bonus. 
Hey, Coach, keep it. Keep it, Coach. So here's what happened. This is from uh, <laughs> NBCSports.com. That's all they had left after signing nine undrafted free agents this week. Unbelievably, they write, they found a taker for the final $279 of their undrafted free agent signing bonus pool. The contract initially was not going to include a signing bonus when general manager John Lynch and company planned to sign North Central College quarterback Brock Rutter, but then things changed. They gave him a peculiar signing bonus of $279. They had looked over their books. They had $279 left and decided, hey, give it to Rudder. Let him take his family to dinner, his agent Mike McCartney said. And after he direct deposits it, he might want to frame the check because it might be the smallest bonus ever given. (laughs) That's ridiculous. That's crazy, right? Rudder was a standout for North Central College Cardinals in Illinois, leading them to the Division III National Championship last season while breaking Division III records for passing yards and most career games with at least 200 passing yards. They point out on NBC Sports, Rudder cannot take his family out to dinner right now because of the global pandemic but uh, that's a that's a crazy like that's a crazy story right he'll have that for the rest of his life a 279 nfl signing bonus that that's a good story if he makes it if he if he gets a, a real deal that's a good story if not my he, guess is that's gonna be the only thing he gets from the nfl ever so does that like does that story make him feel good when he's the hall monitor in his middle school you know what I'm i mean saying? Listen, you get a uh, you get a two hundred seventy nine dollar check from an NFL team for uh, ostensibly being a football player. Uh, better than most people get a zero a zero dollar check, right? <laughs> yes, two hundred seventy nine bucks. Why not? I guess so. Yeah, gla- glass half full. I see what you're saying. I love that. Um, all right, I just, let's. I just I just looked it up. It would have been it have been in the mid five millions. Mid five millions. Yeah. That I would have got oh five year if I'd have won that first round. Let us uh, let's get headlines here from the bruised and battered Alejandro Solana. How <laughs> so, was your Cinco uh, de Mayo? It was great. Yeah. Truly, yeah. I don't even know why. <laughs> I'm not upset. No, I'm not upset. We were goofing around before the show. We were I'm goofing not, around. I'm not he upset. took everything. He took everything personally. No, I didn't mm. take it personally. I'm good, man. All right. Thin skin. You ever heard a big spoon, little bowl? You can give it, but can't take it, Solana. You got to be able to take it. I mean, come on. Make songs about me. Tua. He's going to wear number one for the Dolphins, as we discussed uh, just moments ago. Despite plans to play a full season, Roger Goodell, the NFL's commissioner, he's outlined a basic ticket refund policy for all 32 teams in the event that games are played without fans or if they're completely canceled. I'll continue headlines here, and I hope Hawk and Crowder are uh, are, are back uh, by the time I'm done doing headlines. The Cleveland Indians are reportedly telling their players uh, July 1st could potentially uh, be a target date for MLB opening day. Um, that's still yet to be seen. According to The Athletic, Jeff Van Gundy is a strong candidate to replace Mike D'Antoni in Houston next season. D'Antoni's on the final year of his contract. The Bundesliga, uh, the top league in Germany in soccer, they are, uh, they've gotten the, the green light. They're a go. They're going to be the first uh, major football league in Europe to resume playing 
during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, with Did a you restart. disconnect us out of anger? No, I didn't. I don't know what happened there. I'm, I'm very sweaty. I'm panicking. I'm like reading <laughs> the headlines without you guys there while trying to get you back on. What uh, happened? I don't I th- know. I honestly thought you were goofing around, that you were just lashing out at us and just <laughs> just screwed up the entire connection I read- to show the actual power that you have <laughs> over the show. I read a headline, and, I, and there was nothing there. I thought you guys were bleeping with me. So I go, hello? And then I went, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, because I, I waited like five seconds of silence, and then I go, am I disconnected? Which is such a lame thing to say when no one can hear you but yourself. Yeah. And you don't want to say it out loud, but you kind of have to in this situation. Yeah, th- that was rough, man. Um, hey, man, but by accident or, or on purpose, you just showed your power you have on right. this show. <laughs> right. B- I'm bowing down to Zod right now, man. Me I'm done. Hawk, me and Hawk were talking to ourselves for 10 uh, right? seconds. I'm I learned my lesson, Solana. I apologize. I'm so glad you guys are back. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to hear what happened no, in you your don't. head. You don't. I, I want to hear what happened in your head when we were both gone. It was the worst sizzle of all time. I'm going to go uh, so to my car in the break, change my pants, my shirt. I'm sweating profusely right now. I got a text from I got a text from Omar Kelly. It just says he was bleeping himself. To hear more commentary on Solana bleeping himself when the lines dropped 3 to 6 tomorrow. Right here at 560 The Joe, The Hawk and Crowder Show. Not to mention, we'll probably be talking about my beloved Aaron Chini, which no one on the show except for myself seems to know about the Italian delicacy. And then we will relive some of the great moments and, of course, once again, celebrate the life of Don Shula, which recently Larry Zonka made some comments on Don Shula's passing. He was the winningest coach in professional football, but he brought a great integrity to the game. Uh, winning was important to him but not at all cost. He had to win within the rules or it didn't count in his mind. And that's the way we approach the game. Now that did not stop him from being one of the most driven people I've ever been around. That's why it's so hard to believe this. I was just with him just the last Super Bowl and Don's so very much alive and so dominant. Whenever you're in a meeting or in a gathering with him present, he's such a dominant figure that you just never think about him passing. I was kidding him about being a a centurion being 100 years old and looking forward to his 100th birthday. Hmm. And now this suddenly happened. His last birthday party was the only time that I've ever seen Don Shula actually surprised, uh, actually taken off guard. You know, he was such a great head coach. and He so, so an- anticipated things, a great chess player kind of person. He anticipated what everyone was going to do. And to get a surprise birthday party off of him was nearly impossible. But I was part of it, and we managed it, and it was a a really great time. Just unbelievable right there, the impact Don Shula had on not just his players, but all of South Florida. And we are here for you throughout the entire sports world, throughout everything, right here in South Florida. We are 560, the Joe WQAM. Be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. I am Dan Day, and this is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.